So Flip, it may be the off season, but we certainly do have a lot to talk about. And before we do that, I actually want to congratulate you, Flip. And you're saying congratulate me for what? Congratulating for what? I'll tell you what, Flip. Yeah. Heading into this postseason, yeah. you were the only person I talked to who actually gave the Braves a chance. The only. And I talked to a lot of people. I'm Mr. Social over here. The only person who gave the Braves a chance. Of course, once the World Series came, you, like everyone else, picked the Astros. I did. I bailed. I went to, I went to, the, I went to the Asterix. I, went to the, I picked the Houston Asterix. But you even had the Braves, which is crazy. What did you like about the Braves? Quickly. I love their resiliency. I, I don't know. I mean, to lose the kind of players that they lost, uh, the most notable being Ronald Acuna Jr., to lose that kind of talent, they lost a lot of players, and they did. And they continued that trend throughout the playoffs, postseason. They kept losing major player after major player, and it seemed like it didn't affect them. They just kept getting better. You talk about cohesiveness and and, and spirit and a single-minded purpose. I mean, this team this team was ready to play. I think they learned a lot from their, their loss last year when they were three one against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers beat them in, in a playoff. So, I think that. You know, some teams could be crushed by that. I think they were temporarily crushed, but I think they learned their lesson from that. And and they didn't want to see that ever happen again. At least that group didn't. So I give them a lot of credit. I mean, how do you how do you win when your best player doesn't there? And then you, then you lose you lose another one, another one of your really good players, then you lose your one of your best pitchers. I mean, it doesn't happen. It doesn't that script does not get written like that. But yet it, it, they got dealt that hand, and you know what didn't seem to bother them at all. I give them a lot of credit. Snicker did a really nice job. Their, their manager did a nice job. He's a good manager. Your baseball knowledge never ceases to amaze me. I, I mean, I had the Braves losing to the Brewers in the NLDS, so it goes to show what I know. Yeah, but I didn't pick uh, them to win the World Series. I, I picked. I said I said they'd go to the World Series, but I didn't pick them to win. I picked Houston. So, but once Houston got there, I mean, I just thought Houston was a better team. They still might be, but, but you know what? They didn't show it there. I mean, Houston. No. Houston showed up. Houston played hard. You know, there wasn't they have anything to be ashamed of, other than the fact the time they cheated against the Yankees. Other than that, they they, they could have been out for. What they are, who they are. It's all right. Well, I'm not, I'm not I actually hold a grudge. do. You think I should hold a grudge? <laughs> Doesn't sound like you're holding a grudge at all. No, I'm really, I'm not quite over that. Aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm actually going to, we have a mailbag question later in the show that touches yeah, on really that over. a little bit. Yeah, we'll see how over it I am. I'm not over it at all, but that's okay. Win up to $10,000 during every Nets game with Yes Pick and Play on the Yes app. Money! Correctly answer seven questions and you could score the big jackpot. Showtime! It's fast, it's free, and it's available now on the Yes app. So um, shortly after the World Series, I want to switch yes. gears a little bit. Yes. San Francisco Giants catcher Buster Posey announces his retirement from baseball. That's 12 yeah. seasons with the team. Yeah. He's a kid at 34 years old. He just won. He's just won a Silver Slugger. He's an All Star. The yep. news shocked me. What about you? Well, when you you could say, was there still you know was there still life baseball life there? Yeah, there was. And he had he rebounded from you know what was not a great year from last year to a year that was where he had a really fabulous year, like like a lot of the Giants did, like you know Crawford did and Belt did. A lot a lot of them had. Really nice uh, years, you know. And a lot of people were sort of counting the Giants out. Look what the Giants did this year. I mean, they came from a, from a check swing away from you know, <laughs> you know, going to the World Series. I mean, so they, they had a lot going for them. Um, um, I, I don't know that. Look, he's a Buster Posey is a great player. To call him anything other than that would be silly. And he was a linchpin on three championship teams. Three. Not one, not two, but three. You know, the Giants don't win those championships without Buster Posey. And his leadership and what he means to the community in San Francisco is inestimable. So, you know, he's everything you want. You know, and, and catchers, is hard, it's a hard position catcher. There aren't that many catchers. You know, you can find one or two catchers in the game, three catchers in the game that are, that are dominant. I can name two or three right now that are dominant. You know, you got Perez and Riamuto. I mean, there's a couple out there, but... Not that many. It's, it's a position that's always sort of lacked for depth. But but Posey's done a great job. I mean, he's a great player, respected teammate, community leader. I mean, you know, he's done everything he can do. And you know what? Had a great year this year. And when everybody thought he was done, it's a nice. It's the right time to go out. He doesn't need the money. You know, so go. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. He did have a bounce back season. So he, he didn't play in 2020 because of the pandemic, but in 2019, he batted 257 with seven home runs and 38 RBIs. So not a Buster Posey season. No, it's a lot of injury in there. And it's yeah. in the 30s for a catcher. That's all. That's all. You know, you start to wear down. You start to look for another position to play. Right. So let me give you his numbers, his career numbers. And then at the end of this, I want you to tell me something. Is sure. he a Hall of Famer? He batted 302 career, 158 home runs, 1,500 hits, 831 OPS. His war was 44.9. Those stats you gave me in the beginning. 302? Yeah. 158 home runs. Yeah. 1,500 hits. 1,500 hits in 11 years. Okay, got it. Correct. Mm-hmm. So is that that would average 177 hits per season per 162 game season? Is that of a Hall of Fame career? How many RBIs? 729. Uh, what's his OPS? 831. Wow, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I I, I think he gets in. I you think did. he gets in, but I but I don't. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why on Twitter am I seeing all these people say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't know that he is. I mean, he probably he could be. He could be. He could sneak in that way. Um, is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, I see him on the border, but the reality is, I could make an easy case. I mean, let's just be on those three championship teams. You make the case. He's got good numbers. Three hundred hitter. That's a good number. War is war is good, right? If you look at the war, you look at his average. You look at his his contributions to that team, and everybody on that team feels about him, and gives him a lot of credit for for those three championships, like you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I could see him getting in. I, I could see it. Although I don't, I don't know that it's a slam dunk, but he gets in. Yeah, I'll go with it. I'll go with them. So Yankees fans, this is where I bring the conversation back. Okay, go ahead. Let me give you numbers for Thurman Munson. Right. Okay. Who sure. owns an MVP? Right. And a Rookie of the Year. Same as Buster Posey, two World Series championships. Okay, that's right. Uh, 292 career hitter. Right, right. 113 home runs. Yes. 1,558 hits. Right. His OPS is 756, but his war is higher than Posey at 46.1. That's 756 hertz a little bit. 756 hertz. Yeah, that does hurt a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if you can't, you got to pull 800 at least. If you're talking about this kind of consideration, at least. Okay. So I, I don't I don't know about that number. I don't know they um, had enough dominant years. You know, they, certainly when he won the MVP in 76, he was his dominant. He was a great player. Great player then. An incredible year. That's You should give those numbers out. Those numbers were incredible in 76. Um, I'll tell you right now. Go ahead. Uh, 76, he batted 302. Yeah. Uh, OPS was 769. Uh-huh. He had a better OPS in 77, 813, mm-hmm. uh, but 17 home runs, 105 RBIs. But, right. So that's a, well, yeah, that's an MVP year. But if you go back and you look at the hits that he got and where he got them, I mean, if my memory serves me correct, I mean, almost every hit he got was a big hit. Whatever, I don't know what he runs in scoring position, but I guarantee you it was, it was off the charts. I guarantee you. It had to be. So, you know, he, he's, uh, he had some, he had, you had a big year there. You know, I don't know that he had another year that was close to that, you know, that was as dominant as it was that year. And he's also a great catcher. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. Right. And he caught some Hall of Fame pit, pit, catchers too. Some right. pitchers rather. Catfish Hunter, Goose Gossage. I mean, he, you know, he caught them as well. So, you know, he, he, um, a lot to be said for Thurman. Plus, his his value to the Yankees, just the, the captain thing of the Yankees, is so as he carries such an indelible mark. Uh, but Munson just didn't have enough dominant years in my mind to be a Hall of Famer. That's why he hasn't been. Let me give you but, another Yankees backstop who has four World Series championships. Yes, played seventeen seasons. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, Jorge yeah. Posada. Yeah, absolutely. Career batting average two seventy three, yes. two hundred seventy five home runs. Yes. 1,664 hits. His right. OPS is 848. Right. Over 1,000 RBIs. All his numbers are better. But, you know, he's, a, I guess you could say he's a bit of a compiler because he played 17 seasons. 
a better war at 44.9. There's a case. Not all. There's a case. There is. There is, but I, he, he won't get it. I don't see it. But, but, but uh, I just, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Some players, you just, if, if you say the name in my mind and you have to think about it, this is the test I've always used. Throw a name at me. Throw any name. Okay, throw somebody's name. Don Mattingly. No. Because you had to think about it. Well, you already knew. Well, give me somebody else. Uh, Kirby Puckett. See, I'm, now I'm thinking about it. Because to me, he was a, see, to me, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, Puckett. But he got in, you know, because he was Kirby Puckett. He had a personality. And people liked him, and they put him in. I mean, not to say they didn't have good numbers. He had good numbers. He, just, he didn't have great numbers, though. If you look at Kirby Puckett's numbers. Can you tell me those are great numbers? No. I mean, no, they're not. But, but they're good Championships numbers. help. You know what it is? They, they, they have a, that's right. They have a Hall of Fame, and they should have a FOIA of fame. They put you if you don't make the Hall. Just like the not quite FOIA. in the Hall. Right, it's like the next thing over. We'll call it the foyer fame, the, the FOF. You, you go to the FOF. Uh, okay, so my conclusion yeah. is if Buster Posey is a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah, then these two are Hall of Famers. There's a case to be made. Then you can link them. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's that's the fun part of Hall of Fame, though. You can have this discussion all day long. You know, who's in, who's not, what do you like? You know, you know, don't forget, these are all er- different eras, too, you know. Different era. Well, speaking of different eras, I don't know. Yeah. How did you do that? Because we didn't even go over this. Roger Maris is up for the Hall of Fame this year. I love so, Roger Maris. One of my favorite people ever. I know he's one of your favorites. That's why I bring him up. He's back up for consideration as part of the part of the Golden Days era ballot. For reference, the Golden Days ballot features candidates whose contributions come between 1950 and 1969. 16 members of a committee will vote. He needs 12 to get in. So let me give you his numbers, and you tell me if he's a Hall of Famer. I'd rather know who's on the committee so I can lobby them. Well, we've seen that potentially. I'm not pointing fingers, but that might have happened recently, right? Yeah, well, I think it has happened. All right, he's a 260 batter, 275 home runs, 1,325 hits, 822 OPS. Those aren't Hall of Fame numbers. Okay, and... One of the five greatest outfielders, right fielders I ever saw. Wow. You talk about ability to play defense and an arm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I, if you told me I could go halfway home from third base and he was in the deepest part of a ballpark, he'd throw me out. I mean, Roger Maris had a great arm. Roger was an incredible outfielder. And go look at the 1960, uh, you know, 62 World Series again and see that, that play with, with the, uh, uh, that, that kept the run from scoring to tie the game up off of Ralph Terry. I mean, that was Roger Maris's arm, okay? Roger Maris's defense was impeccable. Roger Maris had two of the best years you could have as a baseball player. He won two MVPs back-to-back, 60 and 61. Um, if he hadn't gotten hurt, Roger Maris w- would have been in a Hall of Fame a long time ago. But he'd gotten hurt, so he, he got right. He needed a year or two of those, of those, those talking about dominant years. He needed more dominant years. He was robbed of them through injury. Which is unfortunate, but that's the game. You know, so you have to stay healthy. You got to stay on the field. So uh, injury would prob- could probably keep him out, but but he had two two or three really great years, and he was a great Yankee, and he helped them win a number of championships. That run that they had would not have been that run that they had in the in the sixties without without Roger Maris. He's a great two time MVP, three time World Series champion, and a seven time All Star. That, that that's a lot to be on your resume. Yes, there's a lot there, but but you know, again, they look at they look at dominant years. We we sit there and go like, my God, what a year this guy had. You know, he had a couple of them, but he, he, I don't know if he had enough. In my mind, you got to have at least four of those kind of years, and I know he didn't have four. Well, speaking of who's on the committee and probably didn't have four, um, Harold Baines is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, who has the same WAR as Roger Maris. Yes, and a slightly lower OPS, eight twenty versus eight twenty two. Right. Yeah, but um, no one be White Sox voting group. <laughs> right. On the, on the committee. But just because he's in doesn't mean it's not like it's Wait, like pretty good that? money. Am I wrong for saying that? No, no, you're not. But the committee I mean, was running with Chicago White Sox kind of representatives. I mean, and I get it. They they like Harold Baines. Harold Baines is a very good player. They should like him. But, you know, was he a Hall of Famer? Harold Baines is not a Hall of Famer. Not to Let me. Let me ask you. Well, I would agree. Right. So, but, but is that your. Is that your case why Maris could be a Hall of Famer, though? I, I don't think so, even though I brought up the conversation. 
it's like putting good money after bad or in our world where we used to come from it's like everyone says coco beware is in the wwe hall of fame anyone should be um it's not a good enough reason do you really think anybody listening to this understands what coco beware was <laughs> it's just a curiosity I can't do Coco Beware and Roger Maris in the same conversation. You absolutely can, but the, but but the, uh, the the that the analogy is, although somewhat apt, is is going to be lost on anybody listening to this. So we could go there, but we we have to spend twenty minutes explaining Coco Beware. We should uh, probably get out, in and out. No, I mean, I we should like probably it. move on. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Hall of Fame to me is such a confusing, subjective thing. Anyway, I. I uh, I don't know. And, I, and people get upset with me. I go, oh, it's, it's a museum. No, it's not. It's like the Hall of Fame. I go, I get it. I, I get why it's important. I understand. It's not heaven. You know, it's, really, we only have it in heaven. <laughs> it, it's, it's a museum. It's a great one. It means a lot to people in the industry. I get it. They should. It's a, it's a great honor. We're not mitigated for a minute. But it's a museum, folks. It's what it is. Sorry. So um, let's not get too crazy about Hall of Fame. But, um, but anyway, I mean, it, look, it's a very subjective thing. Yeah, there were, you get some, I could tell you, I can name 10 guys off the top of my head who are in the Hall of Fame and don't belong there. Because they belong in the FOIA. Remember the FOIA fame we just talked about? Yes. They belong the in the FOF. FOIA. Remember that FOIA is, that's where they belong. You know who belongs there, who I have written down in my notes? Bill Mazeroski. You, he belongs in the Hall of Fame or the FOIA? In the, in the FOIA. I think he's got to go some to make the FOIA. <laughs> well, you know, he has I mean, a... I, he had the free, look. He had one. He had that great moment. You can't take that away from him. It, and you know, and he was a really good defensive second baseman. He, you know, he was one of the first infielders that I ever saw when I was growing up. And I said that, that, that I was impressed by how he played defense. And, and he, and to this day, defense matters to me. And Mazeroski was a great second baseman. Eight gold gloves, right? And, and deserves them all, at least. You know, okay, deserves them. Having said that, okay. <laughs> I mean, and one great moment offensively. Yes. Offensive numbers are very mediocre. Those are mediocre numbers. 667 OPS. That's terrible. Go ahead. <laughs> a 260 batting average. Okay, that's, that's really low. Go ahead. 138 home runs. In how many years? Why you are you asking know. me a hard question? You're supposed to know this. These questions get too hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, let me see. I can look it up. That's 17 seasons. Oh, you got to look it up. You 17 it seasons. Up. What's that? 17 seasons. 17 seasons and you had 138 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. And you're impressed. Uh, 2000 hits, though. 2016. Okay. Fine. Is that 3000 hits? No, but it's 2000. Okay. It's 2000. It's 17 years. Right. Okay. So does, is that impression? No, no. I'm not making a case for the guy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. No, we're on the same side. No, we're not. Really not. But that's okay. For the purpose of the podcast, <laughs> we can be. So. Uh, all right. We agree he's out. I think we should talk current events. Oh, like rate, review, and subscribe? Yeah. That's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> Before we do talk current events, let's set the table. I am Kevin Sullivan from the digital media department here at Yes. Alongside, as always, Sports Broadcasting Hall of Famer, Mr. John J. Filippelli. What's up, Flip? How you, Kev? You good? I'm great. Yeah, I like talking this historical stuff, which is I, good. I can, see. I can see you're really into it. Um, well, I learn a lot when I talk to you, not well, to did, blow did smoke. Did you know Connie Mack? You know Connie Mack? Not personally, no. But Yeah, see, I knew him. <laughs> went to school with him? No, I, was just, I went to, actually went to school with his dad. <laughs> That's how old I am. No, I'm kidding. I'm really kidding. I know I didn't know Connie Mack, but you know, I knew a lot about him. I read a lot about him. I didn't know him. But he was an interesting guy. He's very cheap, apparently. That's, that's they say Connie Mack was cheap. I don't know. I didn't know him. He never well, bought me lunch. I wouldn't know. Since you bring up money, yeah. did you know that you can win $10,000 tonight? You want to $10,000? I don't want to borrow. You could win it. Well, you can't because you're an employee of Yes. Yeah. But every Nets game. Well, I can win. You want me to fix it? No, no, no. Every Brooklyn Nets game yeah. on the Yes app, we're oh, giving away up to $10,000. I heard about that. I think that's great. Was that your idea? Well, it's a committee. We have an app committee. Like who else um, is on this committee? Full of smart people. 
Tell me about those smart people. Who else is on this app? Well, I don't want to give names. Why not? Um, plug or not. The, the headline here is that users of the Yes app can win up yeah. to $10,000 every game. They just log on. It's free to play. It yeah. takes 30 seconds. Answer a few questions about that night's game. Yeah. You're in. All right. Let me ask you a question. Is Matt Duarte on that committee? He is. Oh, he's a smart guy. He seems like a smart Very guy. smart guy. Yeah. Okay. Is um, uh, Mike Webb on that committee? Mike Webb, yes. Our head of operations is yeah. on the committee. Wow. The committee's in trouble already. I can see this. <laughs> what are you uh, talking about? I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. So there you go. You got, no, I'm only kidding. Oh, I'm, I'm just kidding a lot. All right. So I got those two. Who else is on this committee? Well, you know, I'm not a, I don't want to name names. Why not? I, I just did. <laughs> God, I don't think the, the listeners really care if Ted well, Marino's I, I on care. the committee. Well, listen, listen, listeners, do me a favor. Do me a favor. I, I haven't asked you for much. All I would ask you is rate, review, and subscribe. Some of you come through spectacular. Some of you are working progress on that, okay? <laughs> we need more of that rate, review, subscribe thing. Okay, let's start with that. Let's, I'm getting this off my chest now. And I really love all of you. You're great. I like, I like the mailbag. I like the personal notes you send me. It's great. You know, uh, oh, Monica, stop sending me stuff at two in the morning, please. I don't need that. But I, I'm very happy with the, the, the notes and the letters and all the stuff that you send us. But seriously, um, so I need you just to indulge me while I get through this. All right. So they said yes. They said anything, anything for you. Fun. Okay. So I'm good there. I'm good with our audience. So who else is on this committee? Just name one. Oh, you Ted Marino. Oh, this committee is really in trouble now. <laughs> you guys are really in trouble. <laughs> Ted Marino is our yeah, head of Teddy. finance. Okay, yes. I like that. Good. Teddy budgets, and and I don't want to give too much. It's that's, that's all right. too much of a peek behind see, the curtain. I can see the pressure's killing you here, so I won't go there. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll just we'll just we'll just cut all this out of the podcast. And we know now. Let's keep it in. But we know what the headline is, right? You can win ten thousand dollars every Brooklyn no, Nets game it was, on the app. Flip calls to Ted a finance cheap. I thought, I thought that would be <laughs> You know what else you could do on the Yes app real quick before right. we move on? You can have a viewing party while watching the game. It's called Watch Party. That's great. That now right? they have to have the Yes app though to have it. Yes, you have to have the you Yes have to app. Sign up for this app, right? Yes, get it wherever you get your. Like apps. As if I don't know this. <laughs> I'm just playing along here. Like as if I don't so, know. This. So no, yes, but this okay. is actually this is actually really cool. So on the same exact stream, you're watching the game. You you actually have. Um, video of your friends. So you're watching each other watch the game. It's like being in the same room. It's really cool. It's like our announcers. It's like our announcers, I guess. Yeah, they watch each other watch while they're watching the game. They don't pay attention just, to the field. They pay nothing, no attention at all. Who goes on the field. <laughs> hey, that's, that's up to you. That's not my <laughs> lane. All right, enough of this. All right. Story. Okay. So, current events. Yes. Before no, we get in- so What about the app? Finish the app story because you didn't finish that. Oh, I thought I did. You could win big bucks every Brooklyn Nets game. And have people won? Oh, yeah. People win. And now what happens when they win the money? What do they do with it? That's up to them. How do they spend know. it? You got any testimonials from them? Like people writing you back saying, thank you very much, Yes Network, for the money. And, and here's how I spent it. We have um, a customer service group that we work with that we yeah. do communicate with. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've heard, I've heard of the group. Well. We're, so we're talking about getting them like the big check. Like, how cool is that? Giving them oh, the yeah, big like check. The, the time life check. Whatever it is. Yeah. About the, yeah. Uh, the Reader's Digest check, that thing. Yeah, totally. Hey, if we just spend five minutes talking about the Yes app, I yeah. strongly suggest listeners go download it and check out Yes Pick and Play. John Linton right, right now is going to play, uh, you know, pick and play. <laughs> I can guarantee he's right. That's what he's going to do now. His spare time, he's going to go do that. And then he's going to talk about current events. Can we get to current events? No, I, okay, we can. I was, don't rush me. I've got all day. What else have I got to do today? I've got a free day. I'm just enjoying my life. You should enjoy your life a little. Take a couple of deep oh. breaths, relax, go to yoga. You should do yoga. I do yoga. I started meditating too. Really? How's that working yeah. out? Not so well. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> but I didn't want to go there. I just can't get everything out of my head. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on up in there. Yeah, anyway. no, not that much. Not, not as much as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say interesting stuff. No, I didn't. I didn't either. God, I didn't go there either. But that's okay. Uh, so we right. have a lot of editing to do on this show. Flip. There's an elephant in the room. That elephant is the collective bargaining agreement. It's set to expire 11:59 p.m. on December 1st. So essentially, if the players' association and the teams don't come to terms by then, we're looking at our first work stoppage since 1994. 
Um, yes, can't argue that. So before we get into that, and I only want to touch on it a little bit because I do think it's important. But first, you were part of the 1994 strike. It impacted yes. you professionally. Yes. I think it's important to talk about that just a little bit because I want our listeners to know you're not just armchair quarterbacking this thing. You've lived through one of these. Oh, yeah. I, mean, we, I lived through it. John Lindner, who I just mentioned, lived through it as well. Um, other interesting people, um, a lot of people at the time who were all that interesting but became really interesting in the course of time uh, went through it. Yeah, we were uh, part of a, a group called the Baseball Network. And it was NBC, ABC, and Major League Baseball. They decided to take all their, you know, take a, um, a second half of the season uh, a week, on a weekly basis to do one night a week to do at the time there were 28 teams. So they would do uh, 14 games on, on, like, on a Monday night, say. Although there were other nights they did it. So one night a week, actually. And they would do these 14 games. And that would be, that was their sort of night of national coverage where we'd take all these games, we put them all in, and we'd regionalize them. So if you lived in Detroit, you got the Tiger game. You lived in Minnesota, you got the Twins. You lived in, you know, I don't know, Anaheim, you got the Angels, whatever. Depending on where you lived, you'd, you'd get a regional game. And the whole idea was it wasn't like a network, one national game going to every place. It was really all these local regional games going to all these local regional places. And the idea was a really solid one. And right now, if you look at baseball, it's very well, very much fractured along the lines of, of being local, localized regional coverage. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it's, it's not a game of that we take. Listen, but I took two, two teams. Take two teams in the World Series. Take the World Series teams. Take Atlanta, Houston. They played each other. That's a very nice Sunday night game for ESPN. It's a very nice Saturday afternoon game for Fox, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the World Series game, it was not a highly rated World Series. So, the, it, but but certain matchups will do well, and Houston and Houston will draw a big big rating, right? And uh, and Atlanta and Atlanta draws a big rating. So that's that was the whole idea. You put the, your markets, you put all the markets together, and you sell it like that. And it did very very well until it didn't. The strike with it when you don't have games to play, you know, you can't bring in commercial revenue. So there was a threshold amount of money that we had to hit um, for us to renew the project. And it didn't make it because they strike uh, a labor disagreement really hurt us. So from a personal level, I sat there with months left in a season, really wanting and desperately wanting to see baseball being played, some kind of baseball. And it wasn't being played because of the, the strike or the or a lockout or labor situation, whatever it was in, in the 1994 call it whatever you want. It was a work stoppage. And it was a very paralyzing one. And one that took the base, the, the uh, game years to come back from. And while we were living it, it was a nightmare for all of us because our living was tied up to it. You know, I mean, I'm two young kids and you know, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to make a living when, you know, you don't know if you're playing baseball. And uh, we were very, very good. But, but, but the, at the end of the day, the, the baseball network had to split up because of, you know, we didn't bring in the commercial money that uh, we had signed an agreement that we would bring in. We, it was really no, not our fault. It was the fault of the fact that there was no games to be played. If you don't have games to be played, it's not to bring in money. It's kind of the way that that works, that financial equation works. So it was difficult for us. It was difficult for me. But it was a great project. I'm proud to have played a part in it. And like I said, a lot of interesting people came out of it. I can name them all day. I'm not going to do that, but I, but I can. Uh, a lot of really great people. Like I said, one, one of them was our, our boss, our CEO, uh, John Littner. He's another one of them came from the baseball network so anyway interesting time in my life interesting project but uh, but hopefully baseball does not make the same mistake again because that was such a critical mistake to make and i, uh, I whatever they have whatever they have to do to stay away from a stoppage a total stoppage you know we're, we're no we're no there's no games being played at all i mean the, the the public will have no appetite for it after what just happened with the pandemic i'm telling you the public will not be able to tolerate any kind of significant work stoppage they want to see their game the game that they love the game they grew up with they want to watch that game. They want to see it. They want to be luxuriated. It's great moments. That's what they want. And that's what they should get. Every fan should have that. And uh, right now, who knows what will happen. But right now, it's a, it's a borderline situation. For sure. So if we don't have an agreement by December 2nd, we're looking at a work stoppage. Um, we're looking yes. at everything you just talked about, unfortunately. Yes. Um, it doesn't mean that it has to go into spring training. It doesn't have to go well, into no. opening oh, no. day. It could, be, it could be three days. Right, but, but, right. But what's to be lost? I mean, I think people get serious when they're losing money. When you're not playing games, the games to be played. You know, when you get to spring training, those games have economics or have economics involved with them. If, you know, if you're not, if you're not playing those games, then all of a sudden somebody's mm -hmm. being impacted financially. 
I think that's when people get serious about bargaining when, is when the, there's financial stakes are right. They're right in the face and they start to feel losses one way or the other. Then I think so people start to get serious. Players start to get serious because it's their life where they need team to play for. And the owners get real serious too, because it's the time to do so when you're losing revenue. Well, that's a good point. And it's part of the reason why I brought it up, the economics of this whole thing. Um, we don't know what, what the rules are at this point, right? Because they're being uh, bargained, they're being negotiated. So yeah. what I, I bring that up, meaning hot still right around now is usually hot. Uh, until we know the rules, until we know what the CBA looks like, you can't really make a ton of deals, right? You're stuck. Well, what does that tell you? Are you? We're talking about December 1st. What, right. As we record this, we're in the middle of November. Right. Now, you got two weeks before there's potentially, potentially a lockout, right? Right. So two weeks, of, uh, there could be, that's why you see a flurry of, you know, of activity. You're going to see it in the next week or so. Because there's going to be a lot of players that are going to say, you know what? I don't want to wait to see what the labor situation is. I want to make a deal. I want to make it now. Yeah. Free agents are not going to not be free agents. The ones who are free agents. In other words, they're not going to lose their ability to be free agents. The, the, the interesting case to me are the players who are in, you know, they're, they're coming into year six, right? Or year seven, depending how you want to do the math here. They're coming into their last year before they're free agents. Would be this year. Suppose there's a rollback. Whenever the CBA gets figured out between the owners and the players, suppose there's a rollback in here. Suppose it's four years to free agency. What happens to somebody who's in year five now waiting to be a free agent, or year six rather, waiting to be a free agent after the season? Will the, 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 they become a free agent now automatically? Aaron Judge. Well, that, that's where I was going. Right. <laughs> Is that what happens? Well, you would have to, right? Unless you grandfather them in somehow. Well, you mean, or do you say, well, going forward, as of next year, we'll play out this season, but anybody then in whatever year will then be either a free agent or they're not. They could play it like that, but that's not fair to, I mean, it's just say, Aaron Judge, you would have been a free agent after next season anyway, so nothing's going to change there. You're just not a free agent right. now because the, late, the the rules are what they, they are. I mean, they'll have to figure out exactly how to do that, and I don't know where to go with that. That's an interesting question. I don't really know the answer to it, other than like anything else that's been negotiated. They have to negotiate so we'll see where it goes. But I must tell you, what baseball cannot afford is a stoppage. I mean, when, when we get to spring training, if we're not on the field, and worse, if we get to the regular season, we're not on the field, the game is going to really suffer dramatically. And the game cannot, cannot have that. It cannot have that. It cannot. Um, I think for me, when um, – what are you working on there, Philip? Uh, it's, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to eat, like, eat and drink healthy, so I'm trying to just have some orange juice. Supposedly, okay. you know, diet coke or something. Although I love diet cokes, I mean, they're just not like orange juice. I guess orange juice has a lot of sugar in it. I was just gonna say a lot of sugar. You, yeah, you really. Well, I'm reading a label here that says uh, this label's beating you. That well, childproof it's, label. It's, it's, well, <laughs> I'm easily challenged. Let's start with the. Let's, let's the I keep hearing you pulling on it. I know. I'm sorry about that. Am I, am I being really distracting? AJ, who's like our producer, and I really like AJ. He's a good guy. AJ Herman. AJ, yeah. is this disturbing you? Yeah, wait, let me get right close to the mic. Hold on. <laughs> you hear this thing? Yeah. It's, it's right, not it's disturbing per se. How about this? Now you're doing it with oh, your teeth. I got it. I got it. Here, there it is. Oh, man. Your generation. parents had their hands full. <laughs> That's just my parents. That's for starters. Are you kidding? You think finally dawned on you after all these years of going? <laughs> Now you say to me, okay, sure, I'll bite. All right, let's move on. So despite all this uncertainty, you and I are left with the task of dissecting an offseason. And the name I want to start with is one that's all over Twitter, Justin Verlander. If you Mm -hmm. believe Twitter and you believe Bob Nightingale of USA Today says he's likely going to be a Yankee. Could be. Could be. Well, you know, he's, he's an asterisk. You know, he's yeah. an asterisk. But, he is. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see he, or, you know, in Korea too. I don't know that that'll happen, but say it does. Say Carlos Correa is your shortstop and Justin Verlander is one of your, you know, your starting pitchers, which is not, these are not, this is not as far fetched as it sounds. It's possible. It is possible. 
Okay, so say it was. How quickly do you think it's going to take the fans to get over the, the asterisk stuff? It's a good question. So um, I'm going to just fast forward on my run sheet here because I know you don't have one. Um, that, that's a question. Well, I don't like to go over the show. I like it all to be like a surprise for you. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. This is a big surprise, this whole show. Okay. Well, I'm going to fast forward um, real quick to sure. an email from our mailbag. Marshall in South Florida. I don't know where in South Florida. It just says South Florida. Hi, guys. I'd like to know what your take is on Astros players potentially joining the Yankees. For example, depending on when you read Twitter, it sounds like Justin Verlander and Carlos Correa could be Yankees next season. Given that they are from the hated Astros, would you actually accept them on your team, Marshall, in Southern Florida? Yeah, of course you accept them. I mean, you, you may give them a hard time, but the reality is you do accept them because they're on your team. Yes. Now they're on your. Now they switch sides. Now they're not the enemy anymore. Now they're on your team. So you know, and and, and both are, both are great players. Carlos Correa is a great baseball player. Justin Verlander is a great pitcher. The only question about Verlander is was health. If Verlander is healthy, and it seems like his showcase, he did very well. He had good velocity, good good movement. Just if that's in fact correct, um, and I have no reason to think it's not, he he will do well. Still will be because starting pitching is really in short supply, and a pitcher like Justin Verlander still has a year or two or three in him. If in fact he's healthy, if he's healthy, he could be a dominant pitcher again. Yankees took a chance on Kluber. Verlander is a, to me is a better is a better bet than Kluber was. Yeah. 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 So I, I like the idea of just and Verlander is great in terms of being a leader in the clubhouse. Great. Yankees know that. They do. Yes. I, I don't disagree. Let me give you the case. We don't know about Brett Gardner now because we just don't know what could happen with Brett. So right. the Yankees, there's a void there. Yankees can use Verlander. So um I agree. What Verlander has done over the course of his career cannot be denied. Uh, the things that scare me, he's pitched six innings over the last two years. He's 39. And you're likely giving him two years. If you turn down the qualifying offer, you have to give him two years, 40 million. And you lose a draft pick. Much. Not well, get the qualifying that. offer is 18 something. Yeah, you're mean, right, but I mean, to, 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 but maybe, maybe you really think someone's going to give him forty million dollars? I mean, this is well, you know, yes, he looked good. There's no doubt he looked good, but he is. You're right; he is almost forty. I mean, I, and that that gives me pause for a multi-year deal on a singular one-year deal. If I say same thing, one here, so you check up the AAV, the annual value, right? So yeah. The annual average. Okay, so you check it up. You know, so if he turned on a qualifier on 185, so you give him 22. I'll give you 22 yeah. million for one year. That's more than you would get in the qualifying more. That's oh, 23 million. Okay, so you get three and a half million more than the qualifying, but it's one year. I don't know how many teams are going to go multiple years and want to get have to have 40 or 50 million dollars. Even though he looked good in the showcase, he still has to prove that he can pitch. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right because two I mean, years... that's just my sense of it. That's all. Yeah. I, I hope you're right. I don't know what, what the Yankees are going to do. Um, real quick for Marshall and his question. Um, for me, the minute somebody puts on pinstripes, they're okay in my book. You know, I go back to uh, Johnny Damon, yeah. uh, Wade Boggs, yeah. Ellsbury to a certain degree. Um, what, degree was that? what degree was Ellsbury? <laughs> it was quick. Uh, here, here it is. The idea of being a fan yeah. is to have your team win. And if these guys are going to help your team win, then I'm okay with them. Like Dustin Pedroia, I couldn't yeah. stand him. If he became I a Yankee, that. I would have been his biggest I fan. I love Dustin Pedroia. I love Dustin Pedroia. I mean, look, I love the way he played. As a, look, as a fan of the game, I love Dustin Pedroia. As a Red Sox, yeah, I could do without him, okay? But, but, <laughs> as, but as a – no, because he's a Red Sox. But, but as, a, as a fan of the game who loves the game of baseball, how could you not love Dustin Pedroia? How could you not? Oh, Totally. Totally. The guy got his uniform dirty. He didn't even leave the dugout. It was filthy. That's how hard he played. Somebody else you love. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo. I do love it. He's one of my favorite people in the world. But what if I told you you could have Matt Olson instead? Why are you doing this to me? You're doing this to torture me. <laughs> on a spot. It's terrible. I see exactly. I, I, this is terrible, folks. I mean, he's supposed to be my friend, right? Louis doing it to me. 
<laughs> you're treating me like I'm in a staff meeting. <laughs> you but I'm, I'm not what? wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a tough one. That is a very tough one. That's a really tough one. They're both very good. They're, they're good for different reasons, though. You know, one one is a well. See, it's like Olsen's, Olsen's played a while now. Olson is really good. I really like Olson. I don't Olson like, is twenty seven like years old. I mean, so he's 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 in his prime. I just hit his prime. Yeah. I mean, and he's had a really nice run of this. It shouldn't take you this long to get there. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just I just love Rizzo though. I love what Rizzo gives you. I love his defense. I love the fact. I love his bat. I, I love his veteran leadership. I love his personality. He's a good guy. I just, I like him. I wish I could make, I don't know. Is it one or the other? Or is it, is it a binary thing? What's the deal here? It's one or the other. Oh, God. Fantasy GM. Olsen. I'm doing this on purpose, by the way. Olsen. Olsen, yes. That's the right move. Uh, I you, think. You got to remember, Olsen's but, younger. Wait a minute, Olsen just got hurt, so I'm taking I'm signing Rizzo. <laughs> Olsen's under control. He's not a free agent until 2024. He's considerably yeah. cheaper. Yeah. It just makes a ton of sense. It's not a knock on Rizzo. I love Rizzo. No, but see, but that's the thing. He's not a free agent. You hit it right in the head. He's under control for two years, so you don't have to pay him free agent money. You know, Rizzo's going to be the demand. You know, Rizzo's going to get a nice deal for somebody. You know, maybe go back to the Red Sox. He started there. He could, he could wind up a Red Sox very easily. Yeah, you you're right. No, I absolutely think. In fact, I thought he was a good pick, a good fit for them at the deadline last year. He was, but but the Yankees made a, made a better move. Yeah, the Yankees he really helped. He did help the Yankees a lot. If he not, if he did not have the COVID situation, where he was like out for, and when he came back, he just couldn't find his sea legs for two weeks. Um, if he did not have those two, weeks, you, you take those two weeks away from the season. He had a really great run with the Yankees. You put yeah. them in, it takes away, it weakens his numbers a little bit because he did, wasn't good those two because he was sick, he was ill. Yes, yeah. he had feeling the effects of COVID. Yeah, you know, who's calling? I don't know. Who's yeah, hold on. You got two phones going. Hold on a minute. I'm holding on. Hello. Yes. Oh, our guest for lunch. I have a guest for lunch today. Troy Benjamin, who's one of our producers here. Tell Troy, thank you very much. Could you? If it's the conference room, do what? Take just let him go out on the veranda for. for yeah, we'll take him on a porch, and we'll I'll have lunch out there with him. Thank you very much. All right, have a nice day now. Bye bye. That's Troy Benjamin. You know, Troy works for us. Yes, he's our producer of Yankee games. Great guy. This is a great. This is. I love podcasting with you. What's why is that? Because it's just like reality life? TV. It's reality oh, no, TV. No, no, we don't hide anything here. I mean, what are you kidding? <laughs> the phone <laughs> rings. You I said, pick like, it up. They can get me fired already. You tell me. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay, sure. Matt Olson, let me know if this gets the deal done for you. Yeah. Luke Voigt. Luis Heel and Oswald Peraza, the shortstop prospect. For Matt Olson. For Olson. Matt, yeah, Matt Olson. Wow. Give me the three names again. Luke Voigt. Yeah. Because they're going to want a major league ready player. Luis Heel. You're going to want a prospect. He's a really good prospect guy. And Oswald Peraza, the shortstop. Which is our second, which is our shortstop. one of our two shortstop prospects. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And on both sides, I think. I think the A's take that, and I think it's a good move for the Yankees. It's an interesting trade. I, I would make that deal. I would. Yeah. yeah. Tell the Yankees and make that deal. Because you could you really need Olsen. It's not one year. It's two years. you got you got at least the two years with him. Uh, he's, he's very much in his prime. He'll love Yankee Stadium. <laughs> with that bat and that porch, he'll love Yankee Stadium. And he's a, he's a really good baseball player. I, I, I guess I'd make that move. That's I would absolutely make that move. So before we go on, you got a text. Um, do you – how much time do you have? I know you want to meet producer Troy Benjamin. I, I, oh, I've met him before. <laughs> you have to have I lunch. Know. I mean, you know, it's like now I'm supposed to see him for lunch. So I got a few minutes. All right. So, so let's, let's whip to – I, I could skip short stuff. I to soup to order soup. <laughs> no, that's okay. Okay. Uh, we'll skip shortstop because everyone knows I want Corey Seager. Um, See, and I, I don't, I, I don't love that move. I, I don't let me tell you it. why I love it. 
Yeah. It's one move. Yeah. And it fixes a lot of problems. I know it does. I know it does. It gives you, like, it opens the, like the gates up to put people where they should play. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah he fits. I mean, I get that. That part I get. Uh, and I, I think you're right about that. I, I just don't, I think they're, yeah, I, I like Trevor's story, but he's not, he would fit, you know, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be outside of Colorado. I mean, I know he's a good player anywhere, but I just don't know if he'd be as dominant outside Colorado as he was having those Colorado numbers. So and also he's like almost 30 years old. It's close to 30. So I wouldn't go there. Uh, I don't know about Seager. I do know about Correa. <laughs> Correa's great. But I mean, he, I mean, Yankees, how many players are you going to give $35 million to a year? How many players are going to get that? How many players can do that? I mean, you, you got, you have Stan making what he makes, right? You're going to have to pay Judge. You're paying Cole, right, money? Yep. money. You start going around the, the money part of this. Yeah. You know, makes 100%. Know. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, I mean, at a certain point, I mean, where did you, at what point do you say, I can only sign, I mean, like I said, you got to sign Judge. So where's this money going to come from? I mean, I get the Yankees, you could say, well, they have a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they do. But that's not the point. You know, the point is they, but they have a, look, you don't want to break the bank to try to do this either. You have a business to run. So I, I don't really know. I don't know where it goes. And, and, I mean, I'm, because again, I don't know how many moves the Yankees have in them. They're going to cost them 35 $40 million a year. Because that's where the AAV will turn out to be somewhere in that area. It has to be for somebody like yep. that. So they, that's what has to be figured out. I, I, I'm not one to figure it out. No, let's transition quickly because I know uh, I don't want to keep Troy waiting. I want to go no, over. I, I, I told Troy it's on me, so he's, he's going to just have a good time. <laughs> Uh-oh. He's on the underhills. He doesn't uh, have to worry about the bill. <laughs> uh, last night, as we record this, we learned that Randy Rosarena of the Rays and Jonathan India of the Reds won Rookie of the Year. I want to get your take on a few upcoming awards. We don't have to go through them all, but some are intriguing to me. Sure. Um, American League Manager of the Year. We're going to learn that Tuesday. This is like we did a few months ago, Flip, when we did this, like we're going to find out how dumb we are because people listening are already going to know the answer to this and we're guessing. All right. American League Manager of the Year. Dusty Baker, Kevin Cash, Scott Service. Baker. Wow. He would be the last one, I think. No. I I think the Astros went as far as they did because of Baker. Because he kept them, he kept them together, and he, he deflected as much of the as much of the the asterisks that were coming their way. He, he deflected a lot of it and put it on him, and he kept the team loose and, and focused. And I think they achieved. I think they're a very good baseball team, but I think they overachieved, and I think it's because of Dusty Baker. Well, how many years can you like? That was what last year was for, and now he gets a credit last for it year again. Got wiped up. I see the pandemic to me took the focus away from baseball last year the sure. thing, because he, they didn't get a chance. To, there was no fans in the stands. They didn't have to deal with all they had to deal with this year because this was really the year back to face the music for, you know, being the asterisks. Okay. I'll give you that. I'm going Scott service. Here's another one. That's exciting to me. Okay. National league manager of the year. Okay. Council. Seven, you can't don't get seven because you know, I'm sorry. You, did I hurt your feelings or somebody's feelings? Oh no. <laughs> but you, you said worse to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every 10 minutes. <laughs> What's your point? <laughs> oh, National League, Craig Council, Gabe Kapler, Mike Schilt, who I want to win because it'd be so ironic. Uh, I know. It'd be great with it. <laughs> Slam dunk Gabe Kapler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, American League, Cy Young. What about Snicker? He didn't get any votes? He didn't. No, he's not in the top. But well, you know what? Because they don't count the postseason. Correct. The voting is before, so you can't count the postseason. He get a few votes though. Now he would, yeah. Yeah, but Capitals got you. Yes, yeah, slam dunk. Uh-huh. Uh, American League Cy Young: Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn, Robbie Ray. That's gonna be close. Uh, Ray. Ray. Yeah, I lean toward hair Ray. Over Cole, just a hair. I mean, I, I yep. love to see Cole win, but it's gonna be close. But I, I think Robbie Ray wins. All right, last award I want to look at is American League MVP. Yeah. Vlad, Shohei, or Simeon. It's, it comes down to Vlad and Shohei. No, it doesn't. You think it's Shohei? In a landslide. Really? Any other year, any any other year, it's Guerrero. And any other year, it's Judge. Don't forget Judge. 
Judge had a really good year for the Yankees. It really, Yankees still go where they got to without Judge. So, you know, so Judge deserves a lot of credit. But and so does Guerrero was unbelievable. But he was he but and he was one of three or four really great regular position players that Toronto has young players, great. But what Tani did was historic. I mean, the the, the Angels don't go to the playoffs; they just win MVP awards. Yeah. We, <laughs> now Otani, so like okay. Yeah. We, we we don't win any games. We don't win enough to make the playoffs. But I tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna win the MVP. Somebody seems gonna be MVP. Yeah, you know what? Really? They can have all the MVPs. I want the titles. I'm gonna float. I get it. I get it. I'm gonna float two names by you before we go. Ashley Fugazi. No, so that'll be three names now. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Uh, Luis Rojas, named Yankees third base coach. Yes. Okay. Uh, son of Felipe Alou, obviously former Mets manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll manage again. I think that's how respected he is. What, what do you think of the move? Oh, I think it, I, I don't think it hurts the Yankees. I think it's a good move. Anytime you get someone who's managed, uh, and, and he has Yankee ties, so not like he had this stuff ties. Uh, he fits in. People like him. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Last name, Billy Epler. I love Billy Epler. I've known him for a long time. He uh, was part of Brian Cashman's staff for the Yankees for a lot of years. He's uh, a good baseball guy, good human being. Uh, I think he's a fair, I think he'd be, I know they're having trouble fighting against you. And people will look at him as some kind of compromised choice or whatever, but he's not. He's a good choice. He knows the game. A lot of people respect him. And uh, I think having some resources behind him, I know he had resources with the Angels, but this is different. Yeah, an organization that's more of an organization. The Mets have a lot of good pieces. Mets, uh, yeah. I, w- I would say Epler would be, is a good call for that. Yep, yep. I, I love Luis Rojas, by the way. Like The yeah. Mets let him go. Yeah. This is such a Mets thing. I, I hate to speak ill of the Mets. Yankees scoop him right up. He's going to be great. Of course, because he's a quality, he's a quality, quality call on your team. Yeah, yeah. All right. You make yourself better. You go do it. Third, Ashley yeah. Fugazi. Yes, it's time to land the plane. That's what Ashley always says. It's time to land land the plane. We got to finish this conversation. Let's go. We'll see you soon. Thank you for remember rate, review, subscribe. We love you, and uh, and uh, I'd say happy holidays because holidays are upon us. So enjoy the holidays as they start. Enjoy them throughout because nothing better than family. See you soon. We love you all.